everyone, and welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You, the comedy podcast that analyzes and makes fun of all the latest and greatest and abysmal failures of horror films. In this episode, we're talking about the supreme bummer that is Tobe Hooper's 2013 movie, Gin. We are your hosts. I'm Mary Kay. I'm Mary. I'm Rachel. I had a hard time coming up with an icebreaker for this question, so the one I wrote down is, what the hell? Because this movie had all of the ingredients of a terrifying movie, and it came out like this. And I am irritated by that a lot, because it's like setting out all of the ingredients for, you know, a cookie recipe that's going to be exquisite and if you just you know do the thing that you need to do people are going to enjoy it and this just did not happen at all and okay so what was the icebreaker that we settled on doing was it my thing yeah it was your thing okay so um in large part this movie is about uh, a woman unraveling under the emotional duress of trying to sustain, right, an untenable yeah. uh, situation. An untenable situation, which is still unclear. Yeah, what was end. it? Okay. Your hot husband? Your amazing home? I don't... I didn't write. So, um... Your demon baby? <laughs> you killed Perhaps. that one. You killed it. It's fine. It's fine. So, um... Oh, yeah. We're gonna spoil this for you. So... You're welcome, by the way. Like, you're welcome. Honestly. We're this honestly. For you because, it's like honestly, the, the best thing about this reveal. movie to me was that they cast the Arab characters with actual Arabs. Yeah. So um, I appreciated that, but I had problems with representation in other areas. Anyway. Oh, we'll get there. So, okay. um, since this movie is about someone kind of unraveling under emotional duress, um, my question was, this is for, for, for y'all listening, this is the first episode that we are recording together since the election. And um, in the time since we last recorded, the election has happened. Um, things still feel a little surreal because the sitting president won't acknowledge that. And because, um, you know, now we have to contend with the reality that a president only actually controls so much and not everything about our lives is going to magically get better. Even so... I don't know about y'all, but we have had like bodily experience, like our brains and bodies have done stuff to signal to us that the threat has passed. Like, you know, that weird stuff. Yeah, yeah, that weird stuff that your brain and body does. And you don't you don't realize that that the tension or that the anticipation was so high until it's over. And then you realize that something relaxed or is working more normally. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, my goodness. Yeah. So that's kind of where we are with it. So what is the like weird thing your body or brain has done to let you know that the tension is lifting? Okay, so at one o'clock on Saturday when um, someone in my exercise class was like, the results have been called, I began drinking. I don't know if you know this about me, listeners, but day drunk Mary Kay, very weird. <laughs> Like, regular drunk Mary Kay, weird. Regular Mary Kay, weird. But day drunk Mary Kay is very weird. And not in a really fun way, just in a weird way. So, by the time that um, Chase and his best friend, were here, who was visiting from out of town, we, we made 
um, we took one risk and then, you know, waited it out the rest of the weekend. They were learning chess because they wanted to watch Queen's Gambit, but Chase didn't know how to play chess. And I was sitting over in the corner with Rachel's coloring book. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just talking so much shit while I was coloring. I was like, y'all ain't never seen no feathers like this shit before. Cask of Amontillado, I'm gonna wall his ass up. Guess what color the wall is, blue? (laughs) Like, I was just talking so much shit. I thought you meant you were talking shit about their chess game. No, no, you were talking shit shit about about your solitary activity, which was an adult coloring book in which they had zero interest. Right. And so the next day, because I was super wasted and I haven't done this in years, where, um, I was like, so did I embarrass myself last night? And Chase was like, no, um, no, but I mean, you were really feeling yourself about that coloring book. (laughs) And then you're like, you realized that you weren't coloring in the lights anymore. (laughs) You said, I don't have the motor skills for this right now. Oh, I know what that's like. Y'all, if you look at the at the picture, you can tell how many drinks I had by how I was coloring. And the <laughs> I was trying to color the background, but because it was feathers, it was like really, you know, tiny little parts. And I was just co- coloring over the little feathers. <laughs> I was like, I gotta quit. I'm ruining my masterpiece. So that was my big stress relief. So your gift from our birthday episode served its purpose right now. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> oh yeah, also um I put the link to that coloring book in our um affiliate bookshop page. So if y'all want to also color the cask of Amontillado, you can just I kind of I kind of really do. It's fun. It took a long ass time. Like it is very intricate. And you gotta get the co- the Crayola box with the sharpener on the back. Okay, but this is um, kind of also if anyone me. is using the cray, if you're not using Crayola crayons, you need. I don't understand your life at all. What the fuck are you doing with those Rose Art pieces of shit? Rose you monsters? Art is bullshit. Why am I not a Crayola spokesperson? That's what I want to know. Rose this- Art is earwax. <laughs> with colored it paper is. on it. It's the kind they give you at like Olive Garden. I'm more like of a even sparkle kid, gel pen yeah. kind of girl. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I like a colored. I like a colored pencil. I like the, the control, control you have with pencil and and mm. gel pens. Then the with I like crayons. The variety of the crayons. Mm-hmm. Okay, but Mary Kay, also, if you're not coloring. The mask, the the mask of the Red Death during this time of COVID. What are you doing? What are you doing? Well, I needed. I just needed the wine one first, and then I didn't know it was going to take me like four hours. <laughs> so. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> the more intricate it is, I think now. Now suddenly, I'm like less sold on it, because like. It's very intricate. I'm going to get frustrated with myself and be like, well, I'm I was doing this- the stained glass. Like, no, this one can't, this color can't touch this color. Look at this pattern. Y'all shit. Y'all ain't shit. Look at this stained glass pattern. <laughs> y'all bitches thought I was going to do orange, didn't you? You dumb You thought fucks. it was going to be you orange. You know this fucks. shit is carnival. You know I got all the colors in there. 
This just sounds like me talking to my pets while I'm like playing Sims. I'm like, ooh, this bitch got promo. Ted, you know I know what's up. Don't look at me like that. Well, don't look at me. Th- don't look sin? me in the eyes. Don't look me in the eyes. And then um, I realize I'm Mary, talking to animals. Is your answer the sim that you made? Oh, no. I did that very uh. deliberately. I would have done that at any point in history. I'll tell you guys all about it in a second. No, mine has been that um, I swear to God I'm digesting dairy better. <laughs> That's good. You don't just rock it up into the air on a cloud of your own shit. No, I mean, I should say. I mean, I live live in a, (laughs) I live in a noxious cocoon of my own farts. That's fine, though. We all are right now. We are quarantined. (laughs) My couch is full of farts right now. Um, Do you know what I had for dinner? Chili. Do you know what I had for lunch? Chili. (laughs) (laughs) It's just farts all the way down. So I'm ready to fart train to work. <laughs> it's Such like a in Dragon Ball on Thirty Rock. Such a great instead line. of in uh, Nimbus and Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> she's she's riding on a cloud of her fart. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's me. But it's it's better than a like rocket propulsion of my own shit. That's true. So. You'd rather be Princess Mushroom on a cloud. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, of course you would. So, yeah, I swear I'm digesting dairy better, which is nice, because then, because every so often, like, I, I I, still love to drink milk. I know I'm an adult person, and that's maybe that's weird, but like I still like a glass of cold milk. And there are certain, like, foods with, I mean, everyone agrees, right? Like milk and cookies or whatever. But there are certain foods that for me, like I grew up having them with milk. So I still want to have a glass of milk when I have them. So it's nice to be able to enjoy a glass without being like playing a funeral dirge in the background while I sip it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not like the last scene of Amadeus. <laughs> I'm just trying yeah. to like, you know, finish my masterpiece before it claims me. Or that scene in Friday when Craig is called into the bathroom. (laughs) I didn't ask Dana to do it. I asked you to do it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. So what about you, Rachel? Is there something like that, that, like, your body is like, well, now that the threat is minimized? I think I've, I think I finally realized that I've been like addicted to Benadryl and like steroids because mm, in order to get through this year, I've been ha- I-, I just thought like oh like I need to go to bed at this certain time so I can get up for work and I'm not feeling tired. This is what I'm gonna do and mm. I didn't realize it was like stress induced. Like I can't I can't I'm not mm. I'm not gonna handle any more hours of this day. And it finally came to a head like once after the election when. So everyone knows that they give you crazy dreams. In the past couple of nights, I've been waking up screaming. So oh, no. <laughs> one of them, one of them, <laughs> this is really dumb. I have like these very thin gray curtains and in, and I really, I didn't know I was dreaming. I thought this was real life. Suddenly it looked like there was like a watermark and it was like um, the, the thing one and thing two cartoon and then Mm -hmm. under them it was itchy and scratchy from the simpsons Mm -hmm. but they looked sinister 
And then under they that, do it, look they do look sinister. It was like no, but even more like their faces were cracked. And then it was uh-huh. like Bart and yeah. somebody else, but their faces were all like cracked. And then in the center was Marge, but she was dead center, huge like, and her eyes were enormous orbs with this piercing like it was staring at me. And I'm really glad we're talking about this for this episode of Jin because that's exactly my first thought. I was like, that is a that is one staring at me, watching me. Um, I need to go pray. <laughs> and I woke up and I was like afraid to like I swear to God I thought it was real and I was so afraid to look. <laughs> and then like a, like last night, well our I guess this morning I woke up and it was still mind you, it was still pitch black. And I, for some reason, started freaking out. I might have dreamt it, but I think it was real. I was freaking out in a panic about missing work. And then I stopped and I look at the clock and it's like 3 a.m. And I got so mad at myself. I'm like, bitch, it's obviously black out. Why are you so sure that it's morning and you're late for work? I'm like, okay, this is a problem. This is a problem. Maybe that was just like how deeply you internalize daylight savings. Like you're, you were like, no, Rachel, don't let it trick you this time. I think it's how deeply I internalize and how excited I am about quitting my job. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. Congratulations on that, by the way. <laughs> yep. Stop, stop, stop. And realizing that, you know. That it was stress-induced, so now you can attack, like, the real issue. Yeah. No, I definitely have used Benadryl for the same kind of purpose, Rachel, where it's like, okay, well, I randomly have to get up real early tomorrow, so I'm going to take it tonight at this exact time so that I will fall asleep when I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I always have super weird dreams, so I've never noticed it particularly messing with my dreams, but uh, I do feel like I'm sleeping better through the night over the last week or so like like I've even if I look at my sleep tracking it's like when I go to sleep I just like lay there like I'm dead for like three or four hours before (laughs) I before I even roll over (laughs) and I'm like oh okay that's the way yeah go to sleep um okay so (sighs) should we talk about this movie or I don't fucking know okay so Like I said, I feel like this movie had all of the makings of something actually scary without ever tapping into any of those uh, sources. So I thought a good way to start would be to tell a little bit about the folklore and Muslim beliefs of the jinn um, slash why this movie should have been fucking terrifying and why it was such a fucking disappointment. Mm -hmm. Um... Is it okay with y'all if I do a little bit of a rundown? Okay. Do it, so, bitch. Um, listeners, if y'all didn't know, I am Lebanese, but I don't know much Arabic, um, especially names. So I had to ask my friend to pronounce them for me. And I think that what I'll do is just let you hear what he said because... Um, <clears throat> Some of these words, literal translations, are super spooky, and I didn't know that. I thought they were just names, right? So, um, yeah. 
So for the first one, it's probably a name of a person. It's Amira Zain. Amira Zain. So Amira Zain, it wrote one of the articles that I want to tell y'all about. Second one, it doesn't really make sense, but if you want to say it, it's Eteshfini. I don't even know what it means, so... Um, yeah, Leila Eteshfini wrote one of the articles as well. So these are names, that's why he's like, I, uh, it doesn't make sense. Okay, keep going. I don't know how to pronounce it. Second one means al uh, ghaib It probably means the shadows, if I'm not mistaken. Al Ghaib is part of the world where the jinn are considered to inhabit. So shadows, unseen is how they translated in this article, um, as invisible entities with abstract definitions, um, belief in them manifests differently between communities and individuals. So it's kind of like a shadow realm. Um, anyway, I'm going to come back to that, but I just, I want y'all to know I did my due diligence about how to pronounce these names, even if I fuck <laughs> it up later. Okay. That's the main point of this means sword that's safe it's another scholar the last one means pull apart i think it's uh, pronounced as ifrit um he was listening to the cooking channel in the background that's what you heard um but the ifrit is one part one kind of gin that i want to talk about so um couple of articles that i referenced heavily and i have cited them in the show notes one of them is in Vice, and it's by Leila Itashvini, called What Are Jinn? The Arab Spirits Who Can Eat, Sleep, Have Sex, and Die, which is fascinating. Um, she says, neither inherently good or bad, jinn are amorphous entities able to take the shape of humans and animals alike. Their role in society, too, has been malleable. Jinn have served as a source of inspiration for both both the most esteemed classical Arab poets in the first millennium and Disney in 1992. Jinni, um, a.k.a. Genie, is the singular of Jin. Um, by the way, in uh, the, what do you call it when you spell something the way it sounds? Transcription? Like, it's trans something. Oh, I was just talking about automatopoeia, where the no, word looks like the way it sounds. Um, inscription? No. I feel like it, I'm going to look it up and then be exactly wrong, but um, when you say the word jinn in Arabic, mm. you spell it in English letters J-I-N-N. D-J-I-N-N mm. is a romanized version of that, and G-E-N-I-E is an anglicized version of that. So they all mean essentially the same thing. It's just different languages adapting it, um, which is, uh, I've been asked a couple of times um, because I, I look more Arab than I am. Um, what's the difference between those three? And I'm like, I don't think they're the same, but even so, okay. <clears throat> Both before and after Islam's introduction, which included mentions of jinn are in the Quran. Jinn have remained an inexplicable entity, despite their mysterious nature. There are some things historians, Islamic scholars, and believers of Jinn have come to discern about the spirits. Um, I'm going to go just a little bit deeper into this. Um, Jinn are considered a part of El Ghaib, or the Unseen. 
as invisible entities with abstract definitions, belief in them manifests differently between communities and individuals. So it very much is folkloric. Um, for instance, while some Islamic scholars agree that jinn are capable of possession, others do not. Still, in both the past and present, stories of those possessed by jinn are not hard to find. Exorcisms, which can involve reciting the Quran over a person or, more rarely, physically beating the jinn out of them, are performed in some circles on those um, thought to be possessed by jinn, despite being condemned by mainstream Muslims. People who partake in the latter believe that the pain is not felt by the person who the genie occupies, but the genie themselves. And while reading the Quran is a popular exorcism method, jinn's links to possession predate Islam. Another scholar, uh, Amira El Zain, um, in her in her <laughs> man, y'all, she has done so much cool research. I l fell deep into a big, intense rabbit hole when I found her book, Islam, Arabs, and the Intelligent World of the Jinn. Um, she basically says that <laughs> they're, they are remarkable in their propensity towards neither good or evil. So in Christianity, demons and spirits appear as entities carrying out Satan's mal maleficent wishes, but neutral spirits like the Jinn have no place. So they're the most chaotic neutral. I love that. Yeah. Um, if you want to go more into the belief, like they, they kind of have str like strata the way that angels do. Um, and the Ifrit is one of the types that are straight up evil. <laughs> um, they're considered, uh, yeah, they're just straight up evil and they'll hijack your soul and all that kind of stuff. Um, hmm. yeah, there's a really interesting article in Atlas Obscura, by Harry Spitzer, in case y'all want to know more about the evil jinn. But um, I feel like their ambiguity in motive is one thing that should make them scary, the way, like, fairies are scary. Like in Pan's Labyrinth, where we're always mm -hmm. like, uh-huh, trustworthy narrator. Like, I don't understand what's happening. Well, yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, that, yeah. the chaos is in and of itself, like, that is the fearful element. Like, the fact yeah. that... Because not only could they do you evil, they could do you well. And mm -hmm. if you are too fearful or too defensive to like receive their blessing, right. you could sabotage yourself, even if they are trying to to, to, help, to yeah. do a kindness to you. Yeah, it's your classic Macbeth Banquo. Oh, because I was thinking talk. about that kid yeah. from the, the Twilight Zone. Which kid? Anthony Fermont and it, the episode It's a Good Life in the Twilight Zone. He's in the the farm and everyone has to do what he says because he can turn them into terrible, terrible creatures. He's a little mm -hmm. boy with a superpower and that's yeah. what's so ter terrifying. Mm -hmm. He can make great things if he wants to, but if you say anything he doesn't like, oh, he'll fuck your shit up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's why, you know, I mean... To draw a less pleasant parallel, but one of the few things that Stephanie Meyer actually like latches onto intelligently in the Twilight books is that like you can't make children vampires, which is also like it's a persistent theme in vampire lore because yeah. you can't give that much power to a creature that doesn't understand it or doesn't understand yeah. its consequences. Like what's scary about a child 
having all of that power is that, as we have established previously and many times, children are agents of chaos. Yeah, and I think I, that is where this movie should have really dug its heels in. Yeah. Is that Rosemary Baby Jin concept. Yeah, so... I firmly believe that is the direction it should have gone. I I don't even know what direction it should have gone because I still don't know what it was trying to do. It didn't need do. to pick a thing. It needed to pick a fucking thing. But yeah, I don't know what it was trying to do, so I don't even know how to say, like, well, here's how you fix it. Right. You know like, what this the- movie... You know what this movie was? This was... The, the, the creator of the movie coming... Letting it be released. And the director... <laughs> Just laughing like that time in Michael Scott when Oscar accepted the scarecrow that Michael had made him. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael has the lowest opinion of me of anyone. And Michael's like, it looks like it was made by a two-year-old monkey on a farm. <laughs> and he just accepted it. <laughs> That's what the creators of this movie are doing. I just... Oh, yeah. Well, because it's hard to say, you know, by the time you get a finished movie, it's real hard to say what what was happening on paper until you see it. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't know what got cut, you don't know what got rearranged, or how the timing was affected, but I don't feel like I understand what the story was or was supposed to be. Like, I watched the first 10 minutes, I was like, okay, so this is going to be something about them like grappling with like grief or loss or like themes of family now that they have suffered this horrifying loss. And then we had a random scene from the mummy 2000 billion and that took up a good 10 or 15 minutes. And then we went back to the married couple and I was like, what, who is this movie about? I know. I totally expected the American guy to come back with his puka shell necklace. Or Wait, can we talk? I I have a lot of thoughts on this American dude mm, yeah. because there was there was a lot of lot of moments that stretched my suspense of disbelief. I was like, this no, uh, okay, but okay, all right, all right, I will play along. But that white American dude, I could not, I could not, I could not. Believe I can believe a ignorant white American dude, yes, because <laughs> because duh. They're but you're gonna take an ignorant white American dude, and he's just gonna be in the desert with some men and thobes talking shit like ignorant shit. Like I don't think a guy who has that mentality will be camping out. With these dudes in the middle I just, of the what desert. Was, I, I don't feel confident on what they were trying to... Yeah, what were they doing out there? Trying to do or find or get, you know, like, I... At first I was like, is he prospecting? Like, is he the one who wants to build the hotel? Is he... Yeah, that's what he sounded like, like he was saying at first. Like, this is the perfect location like, for our... What's going on? This yeah. is the perfect location for our luxury high-rise. And I was like, so wait, you're like a... You're, you're a like venture a, capitalist? That's you. That's what you do. You're a real estate agent? Like, I could see your face on a bench somewhere in UAE? That just, like, none of it makes sense because... Like, you have an ad on the side of like a bus? He's like this ignorant frat kid, and he's apparently friends with one of them. 
one of them is vouching for him somehow. And then even if he's like trying to plan the sky rise, how's it, how's that going to happen if the dude's dead now? Also, and then he has to die because the djinn said so, but the djinn said so, why? Right. Like, I get that they're chaotic. I get that too, but it still seems like they're capable of intelligence and reason. Exactly. They they have their reasons. It's just that their reasons will not align with external sure. like, this... morality, right? Like, they will do what they think is the best thing to do, regardless of who it helps or hurts. And this gin is on a mission. And I don't think some dumbass talking some shit is going to... Right. If kind the, of deviate her from her mission. If the 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 jinn or jinnie in question, right, is as we are told in in the in the fable, it is you know obsessed with with parenthood, with her maternal identity. Then why does she care about you know the lost Backstreet Boy <laughs> out here trying to build a hotel? Like what what does she care? But she does. Because she killed him. I think. That's how I understood that event to go. Yeah, I'm not sure about what that was. But I did... The way that that um, character or entity moved up the wall. Don't like that shit. What, what baffled Very me was that... Yes. Scary. As I'm watching these scary moments, right? I was like, all of this right. imagery There were is, moments where I was like, oh shit, no. All of the imagery... Was horrible. Ultrasounds are freaky enough, let alone when it's a demon. Yeah, no, all of this was like, there were so many things that were horrible to look at, but I was like, yeah, but none of this can really resonate for me beyond the initial shock factor Mm -hmm. because I don't know what it means to anyone on screen. Right. Like, I don't understand. I don't have any context for it. So, like, this is the movie, I, I can't remember the last time I saw a movie in which all the characters I was supposed to care about were this completely and utterly passive i think it's evil dead one that's what i felt like when i was watching this like yeah but i don't understand why people are i don't understand why people like it i was gonna say at least evil dead two i get it like you're not really supposed to but yeah yeah. at least in evil dead one the characters made choices that led to things right like I chose, true. <laughs> I chose to read from this book. It was a stupid choice, but I did it. And then when things happen as a result of that, I choose how to handle it. Like we chose to put her in the basement. We probably should have just chopped her head off. We chose to, you know, like, and then the choice leads to a new complication. That's how you write a story. <laughs> like the choices lead to the things, especially for the mm-hmm. screen. And in this movie, I was like, what did, did Salama do anything ever at any point in the course of the movie Hmm. she was definitely acted upon more but it also made no sense why other people were doing those things at her like i even i couldn't i mean i had issue with the character of sammy Mm -hmm. from even the superficial level of his name Mm-hmm. Um, but when he went into her room, I was like, oh, he's in on it. He's gonna, he's gonna do it. What happened when he was in there? Something broke. He put his hand on something. Is that, does that mean anything? Is he one of the djinn? I have no idea. I think the whole building is the djinn. 
Yeah. Well, establish some convention so I can be irritated when you bust it. Exactly. I don't need... The gin does not need to be orderly. Right. The but convention, the everything else should be. The story yeah. needs to be orderly. Yeah. So that the gin's wildness can be terrifying. That's why, you know, like... Even people who, you know, don't give a shit about Batman were like, okay, well, Dark Knight is is, is well done there because they did a great yeah. job of framing up just how upsetting it is to have an agent of true chaos. And that's what the Joker is in that movie that he doesn't, success for him is only disruption. So even if his plan fails completely, as long as it still disrupts. Right, the path He's doesn't satisfied. matter. The goal, the end game is what matters. It has nothing to do with yeah. him. It has nothing to do with his wants or needs. It, it's this. It's an ideal. It, it, it. So it's very. It's. It's a. It's well executed, and yet it, there is there are rules around it. We can only know he's breaking rules because we know what the rules are. There needed to be more. I mean, there was plenty about motherhood, about everybody's pushing her to have a kid, and she's like, "My kid was evil. I'm not really about that, though." Um, which is very Rosemary's Baby, mother. Um, we see this a lot, like the horror of pregnancy and um, and uh, potentially an evil child. Not as often as we see the evil adopted child, but um, that is a different set of issues, um, which we talked about at length in The Omen, I think, right? Mm-hmm. When Wasn't the title of that one Family Takes All Family Forms? Family Takes you piece All of Forms, shit? you piece of shit. Yeah. Okay, so... One of the things that I thought was going to be expanded on and could have really, I think, built a plot is the concept and history of SIDS or sudden infant death mm-hmm. syndrome. Um, because it turned out, I think many of those were mercy killings or just deranged mothers smothering purposefully or accidentally their children and I just the that psychology would have pulled me through a plot that was otherwise chaotic um even the simple through line of I did steal your human baby and give you a half gin baby then you killed the half gin baby so now I will have my revenge upon you that's a through line yeah that is enough construct Mm-hmm. For me to then understand what the goal is here, that this is not necessarily a malevolent spirit. This is a spirit that, I mean, you killed its kid. Granted, it killed right. yours too, but it's not capable of caring about that the way you do. Right, right. <laughs> it That's can't care not, about it's your just feelings. An amoral, amoral. It can't care about entity, your feelings so. or your kid. Like that's where its kid needed to go, so it you know made space. Um, right. But that that's a through line that just wasn't it clear. Didn't pick- what it need yes it didn't pick what it needed to be i mean it could have just as easily gone through like the classism of the uae like because here's my other question. that could have also been a through line here's the issue if the gin or the, a specific jenny was able to go to new york snatch her baby up out the crib and put its baby back why did it need to bring her halfway across the world to come live right. in this one apartment building in the middle of the fog. Also, the fog situation made it so laughably sinister 
that yeah. I was like, why it is anyone here? It should have been a sandstorm. That's a given. Like, it's, even so, it was so laughably sinister that it was like, why would anyone be here? Like the second you pull up and you're like, look at this. No, I don't, I don't, I don't want to live in this situation. But to answer your question, she, the whole point of her going back there was to bring Khalid back because that's the, the, her baby, right? Isn't he her baby? Wasn't that the point? Yeah. Wasn't that the point at the end? So, yeah, I think you're right. I think Khalid is the Jin's baby, the Jenny's baby. I think. That what? Was, but Mary was asking, well, if she can go take a baby to America and switch him out, why can't she bring him? Like, why does she need well, then, them to come back? Oh, wow. I've definitely misunderstood stuff then. Because well, then what even well, was her clear. beef? What was her beef with, with Salama then? Like, she just didn't want her son to be married? I think that Salama killed their baby because she realized it was Jenny. But it yeah. was like a quarter Jin? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> let's let's unpack this for a second. So okay. we're over examining. We're doing more work than they put into us <laughs> by this For is, sure. I I, I hate yeah, to throw it. in another. Um, I feel like this forty minutes is more thought <laughs> than went into writing it down. Yeah. So with that said, I hate to throw in another office quote, but that's like when Michael Scott and um, Will Ferrell, um, M- Michelangelo or whatever his name is, yeah, D'Angelo, yeah. when they D'Angelo made that. <laughs> When they made yeah. that 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 movie of them, and then at the end, yeah. it's like, "Where's Michael Scott?" and uh, Will Ferrell or D'Angelo turns around, and Michael's in the mirror, and and then Oscar, he's like, you know, the analytical part of me really wants to examine <laughs> this, but I know it has no content. <laughs> yes. So I hate I hate to overly examine something that has absolutely no context. For my question is, was Salama always targeted? So. You see how even the very first scene is with the therapist, and even she's acting really weird. You're not going to get in my way. And so I'm thinking, was she targeted from the very beginning because she was having doubts with her culture and religion? And so the Ginny was like, hey, let's fuck with that. My son, Khalid, or, or like Khalid's, uh, Khalid's he's like, yeah, let's fuck with that. And then let's find a – and then she has the baby – and then she sees it's. I I don't understand. Is it I just okay? If, so if if the jinn predate Islam, shouldn't they be hype about someone like Salama who's not particularly penitent? The way I read it is Khalid is like the changeling genie, right? Mm-hmm. He's when he's the, a baby, he's swapped out. He's yeah, he's the halfling. Yeah. Okay. Um, his baby is also. A genie. Mm-hmm. And Salama is like, mm, bad smother. Mm-hmm. And then Grandma Genie is like, bitch, absolutely not. This is a great story. I wish that's what had happened. <laughs> um. So... If we're, can Grandma Jenny be th- the name? Why was the tagline for this not the mother-in-law from hell? Okay, but if we're following this thread, also, the second time watching this, in the elevator scene, I'm like, Mama and Son are getting a little too hot and steamy in this elevator. 
Yeah. Okay. So basically every character besides the couple and the initial, we initially meet her family. Um, then they all die by truck. Right. So mm-hmm. everybody else in the movie is just manifestation of the gin. Yes. I don't know. Cause that one girl's pupils were too big. She had monster eyes. She's terrifying. Also, the also, most she changed clothes like five times. The in one single day. most relatable thing that happened in this movie was when they realized they like the same restaurants, and homegirl says, "Seems we have the same taste." New neighbor says, "I can't wait to meet your husband." Husband, homegirl turns around and says, "Bitch." Yeah. <laughs> That was the only moment of the movie where I was like, okay, good. Some proper human behavior. Yeah. Wow. Finally, something meaningful. Because that is exactly how you respond to someone saying that. Because, like, even if you were trying to be funny, like, that was a bold move for someone you just met. And to not... Also, it's not funny. It wasn't. She didn't... It's because she didn't... She didn't even make any effort to be like, I'm so sorry. That was a joke. Like, you... You soft pedal. You, 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 nope, nope, no human social skills, right? Because you're not human. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that was um, the only, the only relatable moment in the entire movie. That also might have something to do with the acting, which was categorically not amazing. It was bad, right? It was bad. It wasn't just me being salty. No, you're not. And tonight I learned it's actually kind of a thing with Emirati movies, apparently. I said to someone, actually, it's Emirati. And this person said to me, you know, the as soon as you said that, the first thing that came to mind was bad acting. I was like... Interesting. Did not know that was a thing. So it's like a Telemundo type of melodrama? Is that well, the thing, sort of... I mean, I think that kind of melodrama that we associate with like a telenovela is, is a... It's a distinct style. Like, this is an entire style of performance. This is an entire style okay. of storytelling. I, so it's just me being shitty? Well, no, I just mean that outside of seeing more Emirati work, I, I certainly couldn't say whether this is indicative of a style. My experience of it was that, granted, they didn't have a lot to work with. See, that's the thing. Like, the acting was not great, but how are you going to act with feeling about something that is makes no damn sense? <laughs> right. right. Like, <laughs> she, he comes home from his first day of work, and she's like, I have unraveled. And I was like, why? Right. He, he was gone for five hours. Like, take a nap. Yeah. Why didn't you just turn on the TV? One thing that she did, like, really well in her acting, though, which was another thing I wish they could have followed was when she was praying suddenly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in the therapy office, what I thought was really interesting, and I don't understand why they would throw that in there and then not talk about it at all, was when she said, all this time you've been telling me to get over it, and now you're telling me to go back, which had a lot of ammunition in the way she said back as if she was getting away from something when she had the baby in America. So she's not talking exactly. about that. She's talking about something else that happened at where she's from. Oh, yeah, no. And and then when they were talking about good reasons why they should go back, her husband was saying, yeah, she, they're very close. Her family are very close. Her and her sisters are best friends. And then Salama complains, yeah, and they're 7,000 miles away. 
well, then why, what is the problem? Why aren't we getting that backstory? And then the mom saying, it's been so long since we've seen you pray. And then you see her and when she does it, like that, that cross between who she is now and what she kind of believes now and that, oh shit, I need to go back and start doing this thing. And that, su- that makes it such an interesting character. That could have been, that could have made a great movie. Mm-hmm. There's, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many good ingredients, and it just never, like, they just never put it in the oven. They just set it on the counter. The way she whipped <laughs> that scarf like, over her head. It yeah. was very much a, like, like loaf of bread thing where they're like, we'll put it out to rise. And then it rose, and they were like, now we'll eat it. Yeah. There's raw <laughs> bread dough. <laughs> right. Blah. This like it looks almost as done. It looks kind as... of done. It yeah. Yeah. This metaphor is as mixed as our families. Aww, that's a sweet way of putting it. That actually is. Honestly, it's just it, it's so messy that even though like the imagery of these like ghoulish creatures that that manifest themselves is upsetting, even though like the scene where she goes to the neighbor's apartment feels very Rosemary's baby. Like, everyone yes. is in on something but her um, mm-hmm. in, a, in a really kind of deliciously creepy way. Like, there are so many moments that can or should be creepy. But even the jump scare moment feels so cheap. Like, you feel, like, dirty for having jumped at it. Because two seconds after you jump, you're like, well, that was... Do I even care, though? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's actually a good... Yeah. Like, they tricked you into jumping, and you're like, no, you didn't earn that from me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, just toe pooper. Like, this is the third toe pooper we've done in as many months. I think. Really? Yeah. Well, we did Poltergeist. We did. I know that one. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I did not realize that was him. So that was oh. that was not long before Poltergeist. Yeah. So. Well, that makes no sense either because this movie definitely imitated Poltergeist more than Texas Chainsaw, which I thought was airtight. Um, this, this one is just like, it's doing too much and it's focused on the wrong character. Remember how we said it needed to be Tangina? Like that's, that's the Mm -hmm. miniseries we want to watch. Like Ryan Murphy, instead of doing Ratchet again, Mm -hmm. do Tangina. (laughs) I really appreciate Um, all the red lipstick, but, um. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. I mean, anyone's body of work is going to have. High and low points, you know. Of course, but um, why go back again? This just and seems make like the same mistakes. This just seems like such a dramatically, you know, even in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, when we were like, "All right, clearly the script is not the important thing here." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, we we could still appreciate. We understood what the story was. We understood why the kids went where they did. Mm-hmm. We understood why the family. Like that was a great example of characters that behaved chaotically but they had their own motivation and we could make enough sense of it for them to be actually scary yeah even if it was laughable that they tried to make their decaying father bludgeon someone to death with a hammer um like why did they think yes laughable is how i would describe why did they think that would work they're like come on pops just letting his arm drop limply over anyway um yeah, like there were certainly there were moments that we were like, all right, that's not that's not working for you. 
Um, and poltergeist, we certainly had our beefs with like, eh, but you, you could have framed this up or centered this up differently in a way that was more compelling. This is a hot ass mess. Just nothing of happened. unrisen bread dough. None of the characters were supposed to care about do anything. And it, when you look at Rosemary's baby, it's easy to say like, yeah, well, you know, how much does she actually do? Right? She gets pregnant and then stays pregnant. I guess. No, but no she, there's a lot of go- there's a lot going she on She recognizes creepy things around her, and she takes steps to try and right figure out what's happening. She take like that's kind of how she ends up in the situation she does. That if she had just taken it all for granted and been like blithely going about her life, she'd been fine, had her demon baby, no big deal. Um, so, yeah, just incredibly passive leads a story where truly I look back at it. And none of the things that happened happened to the leads or in this story. <laughs> Her whole family dies in a truck accident. That's terrible. But nothing actually happens to Salama except for ghosts being mean. And nothing happens to Khalid except that he goes to work and comes home. And that's it. That's the whole story. Somehow she still unravels in the course of a day and then he murders her at the end. While we're mentioning Khalid, let me just say, I got, I have, I have things to say. First of all, upon first watching was like, wow, he can get it. Mm-hmm. Very handsome. And t- until this, until the elevator scene for obvious reasons, because that he wasn't even like, he wasn't even like trying to, be a loyal husband. He was all in. And I get it. This is not she a has human. Eyes. She has she has those <laughs> magical, you know, demon abilities. Hot. Still very hot though. She could be like they could like vampires. They have this magical building they could seduce it. I get it. I get it. But still, like, keep keep it like at least try to hide your boner. And then and then when she comes to their apartment and the way that he is just like throwing himself basically at her and at the little mini party at her place. But the whole time upon my second time watching this is, doesn't he know? Like, I understand that like maybe the, the genie side of him, like isn't awakened yet or something. I really think it's important that the listeners know that when Rachel said genie side, she gestured really emphatically towards her own crotch. <laughs> like, drew a circle around her crotch several times vigorously in the air. <laughs> but, so, <laughs> but, but maybe the actual Ginny in him hasn't awakened yet, but she knows what's going on. She knows that's her son, and she's, like, seducing her son. And there has to be part of him that knows a little bit, recognizes that they're kind of the same. And I just, I, I, I knew I no longer thought he could get it from upon watching that first elevator scene. But then upon watching the third time, I'm like, this dude is kind of nasty. Yeah, he nasty. So how about this far closer? What's the thread you wish, you most fervently wish? That's a great idea. They'd yeah. 
they'd embraced to make this at least kind of work. The Salama arc I was talking about earlier because I'm so angry. I, I sent a text to everyone being like, that's the ending because it literally just ends with him pushing her off the, the building. And it just ends. Like, it has all this buildup with Salama as the main character and then her husband just pushes her and then it's over. So I feel like if they followed her in her whole story arc with where she came from, why she lost faith, how she came back and because of this whole nonsense, and then she overcame it, you know, that's the thread I want to see. Okay. Um, my answer was also about Salama, but I wanted her to have a... La Llorona, Medea type of um, internal conflict about the Jenny baby. That would have been the most interesting path for me. Not quite Rosemary's baby, not quite La Llorona, some path between, I think. I was most interested in the whole, like, vengeful mother-in-law angle that, like, I kind of liked the idea that Khalid doesn't know, like, who or what he is, really. Um, and so Salama has the baby, and with mother's instinct, you know, with maternal instinct, she can recognize, like, something's wrong. That's not a, that baby ain't right. So now Jeannie is angry. But that, I like, how much more fascinating would this have been if it had been manipulating, if she'd been manipulating both of them, essentially, like pushing him to kill her for this purpose. But then in the course of all of this manipulation, he discovers who he is and who she is and that she was maybe right to kill the baby. And like now has to live with the consequences of the fact that he offed her. Like that could have been really interesting. That's that's what I've gotten hype about in the course of this conversation. Because as I said, I didn't capture about half of the necessary information for that. And I watched this twice. Yeah. Wait, I, uh, I, I want to change my answer, though. Okay. Okay. So you know Salama means peace? Yeah. I want a new movie, but it's a comedy version, where she's like, be his peace, bitch, I'm going to be his problem. <laughs> and then she makes a Ginny baby. That's what I want to see. I really just feel like movies, this this uh, kind of slapdash um, inspire me because if this can get made, I feel like none of our work should have a problem getting made. I hope so. My friend Marie and I just submitted, Netflix had a, had a pitch call out for female-driven thrillers, and my friend Marie and I just submitted to that last weekend. So, Okay, so what are we doing next? Up next is an actual favorite of mine huge favorite um if you've been listening for a long time you know if you haven't i'll tell you that um, part of the shtick about bringing me on the show in the first place was that i did not like horror movies i didn't like i i was very much in the angela martin school of i don't like being titillated and um yet i did choose to watch this because it's directed um by one of my favorite directors chan park it's called Thirst. It was released in 2009. 
Um, at the moment, it's available to rent anywhere you digitally rent for about $3.99. Alternatively, it is free to watch if you already have a subscription to or are on your free trial for Peacock, which is Netflix, uh, not Netflix, sorry guys, NBC's uh, new streaming service. Uh, the best way I could describe it is sexy vampires done actually correctly. Like in a full, like terrifying medically upsetting, gory, <laughs> super hot way. That sounds amazing. I Can't wait. love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and since my birthday is coming up, I was the one who got to pick. But guess whose birthday is actually happening like right now as you God. listen? It just happened. It is her birthday, period. She's lying. It's not my birthday because <laughs> as I just said, that's coming up. She's lying. It's not Mary Kay's birthday, because you know when it's Mary Kay's birthday, she tells you like a month or two in advance, and then she tells you every day in between. Yeah. Because that's what we all should be doing. Like, everyone should be that hype that you were born, right? So, just if you think about it, send Rachel... If you think about it, just Venmo Rachel $5. Exactly. Send Rachel money. Um, or teeth. Or both. <laughs> Yay! And tell your friends about us, and review us follow on, us on social media. Yeah, review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social oh, media. Yeah. Subscribe to the show. Um, yeah, just you know, all okay, the stuff love you, that you do the podcast. <laughs> it's been grand. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Masalama. what an NPE is? Yeah, that's okay. No one does. It's a non-paternal event, and it's what they call it when you do a DNA test and find out that you actually are the milkman's son, or your parents used a sperm donor, or you were adopted and no one ever told you. I'm Eve Sturgis, host of Everything's Relative, where I invite my guests to talk about DNA discoveries and how spitting into a tube has changed their lives for better or worse. Episodes are out every other Friday. Find them on Campfire Media or subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Campfire.